You're listening to Steel City Music. Now that I got him to uh, get out of the dark on the pre-recorded Zoom show and for uh, show, really interview, to get by where there's some light so I can see the face on Zoom. Joining me right now on uh, Steel City Music is our old friend, uh, Lou Molinaro. Hello, sir. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm just sitting here laughing a little bit because uh, we had these... Uh, and I said this on my show in the last couple of weeks, that we, we, I had the windows redone. Well, I didn't have it. Well, I did have the windows redone, but the windows to my office are redone and I'm on ground level and they're huge. And it's great for a certain, for certain reasons, it, it stops all the sound from the lawnmowers and everything. Right. So that's yeah. awesome. Except I don't have any drapes or blinds that I found that could fit these windows just yet. So when I do these zoom calls, all you see is my white alabaster skin bouncing uh, everywhere right so thank god we don't use the video video portion but for me it's just quite hilarious because i really do look like the kid from powder about to explode because i'm so translucent right now it's hilarious. you're very vampire like very very i don't think i do well with the sun and you no. now we got you out of the dark you're sitting under yeah the yeah, I'm here yeah. <laughs> excuse me oh there we go so uh, I'm I'm glad that you had this. Uh, that you you woke up off your, your your little nippy naps from doing overnights at the um, at the big uh, big factory out in the Schwa. Yeah, have this chat with me because uh, back in um, I guess I should start with a backstory, and I've made this joke several times, uh, much to his chagrin. Uh, a mutual friend of ours, Lou, or who's a Gene Champagne, said to me, I don't know, it might have been in July, the beginning of July, the end of June. And he's like, yeah, I'm thinking about doing a show. I want to do a show. You know, I'm thinking about doing a show. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do it the Corktown. You know what I mean? You do it the Corktown book show, the Corktown. Uh, what do you think we should do with this? And I'm like, well, here's the thing. It's summer. And you're doing just finished Killjoys and you're doing teenage head shows and you're going to go on vacation. Why would you want to talk? Well, you know, you're doing the teenage head thing. You're doing, you, know, you just you just wrapped up the killjoy thing. You haven't had any really downtime. Why don't you take the summer off and leave me alone? How about that? Can we can we just agree upon leaving me alone for the summer? Because he's manic. And then and then he then he responds back and he goes, okay, I got this date, November 11th, the Corktown. I'm like, okay, that's great, Gene. That's awesome. It's still August. It's still August. You know, can can you calm down just a little bit? And then it's okay. Lou's 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 going to present it. Uh, I want Steel City Music present it, and uh, we'll get the uh, Ron and Bob from Steel Order to present the show as well. Yeah, okay, great. And uh, and then we're also going to have a Hamilton food share. We're going to help out those people. I'm like, okay, great. I don't even think it's September yet, and he has everything lined up. Like here we go, right? It's yeah. just like stress, 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 pressure, pressure, pressure. I dig it. But I mean, we are months away from this gig. So finally, we get the wheels turning. Posters get made. They get giant ones made. We've been dropping them off at different clothing stores. We've been dropping them off at different record stores around town. We've been telling people about it. Uh, the, the show was announced, and we have Spectacular Crash on the bill. We have uh, Rocket of the Renegade on the bill. It's like a giant, cohesive unit of promotion right now. And it's all going to raise some food for um, Hamilton Food Share. It's going to raise awareness for them. The bands are going to play. It's all upstairs at the Corktown. But I feel right now that this is, there's so much pressure on the show for me right now. It's kind of like my wedding all over again. <laughs> Does that feel good? 
I don't like know. I know, but it's just like it's just like there's a lot of details going into this. At least with my wedding, I I, I was kind of the spectator on all of this. I mean, Lori right. did all the planning. Right but now, it's just like you're the bride. I'm the bride, right? I'm a part of it. It's just like, oh my god! So it's like, you know, in, in my head, I'm like going, well, doesn't Luke? Doesn't this go through Lou's mind as well as a promoter for years? It's like you're doing the math constantly. I'm like, going, okay, I need this many people in the room at this price. Got to pay the bands. Da, 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 da. Um, how are we going to get more people to know about the show? And it's just like my brain's going on and on and on and on and on. And I'm just like, I think I think that's it. I think I'm just going to lose my mind. But we're getting there. We're almost getting there. So this is what I'm saying to you right now in the middle of telling everyone about what I'm going through. I do not appreciate you sitting in your in your in your basement under a window, you know, not being the cheerleader that I need right now. So I need you, <laughs> I need you to be the cheerleader that I've known for 29 years since the early days of us growing up in Oshawa. No, wait, I'm not Rob Sweeney. But anyway, I need you to be the cheerleader. I need you to wake up and be the cheerleader. We are closing in on the final, the final thing. November 11th is coming up. As soon as I'm done with you, I'm do, uh, I'm putting up a post that I on <laughs> yesterday. And I and, and here the, the the funny thing is is that it's uh, kind of food related. And I know that Gene's got this incredible poster that Vickers made for him. Uh, Greg Vickers is a, a a great graphic artist, and he knocked this one out of the park. It's such a keeper. It's beautiful, and um, I wanted to do something that was going to be a little pertinent and symbolic to Gene's mission because he's so passionate behind this. So as soon as I'm done with you and before I head off to build some trucks, I'm going to uh, put this post up. And um, yeah, uh, it, it's it's a um, it, it's a labor of love on Gene's part for sure, because when he contacted me a while ago and asked if Spectacular Crush wanted to be part in it, uh, just reading his text, I could tell. Uh, how you know how excited he was and how passionate he was behind it and that's the great thing about doing a show that is really not so much about bands but it's more about a mission and uh gene gene's got a good heart and he's really behind a lot of stuff but uh when he takes the reins um he, he he's he's just a, a whole different person and i love seeing that side of gene because um I think it, 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 there's a responsibility to being an artist. Like artists, for the most part, are the ones that always kind of initiate something and kind of get the ball rolling for either awareness or support. And uh, Gene's got what it takes to do this. So uh, I'm glad that, you know, the two of you craftfully architected this uh, this idea. Yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it's a lot of work going into this. Um, and, uh, I'm glad that we're all doing this together. It has that big rah, rah vibe. I mean, I really wish Bob McKnight, Bob McKnight was still living in Hamilton. Right. So, uh, Bob could be a part of it. I don't know if Bob's going to come down. Of course, he's the other half of uh, steel or, um, the, uh, the, the uh, old uh, magazine and fancy that was back here in the late eighties, early nineties in Hamilton. Now it's a Facebook group page. So, but I was kind of hoping Bob would be a part of it because the last time that we were all together was the UIC show. Yeah. And uh, we had such a good time. Oh, no, no. Time. Wasn't yeah. the Bon Voyage show with Bob? Oh, that's right. It was the Bon Voyage yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we had such a good time with that. So, so I'm like, you know, I was kind of hoping Bobbo would be, would be, would be, maybe he will make it down to the show. I, I'm not sure. I guess it really depends on how far the tie cats go <laughs> in the, uh, right, in the playoffs yeah. thing. Um, 
this lineup, it all makes sense when Gene and I were talking about it. Um, he gave me a list of 15 bands and it was just like, what do you think of this band? What do you think about that band? And, and we narrowed it down to, uh, to uh, uh, Rocket and the Renegades and Spectacular Crash, all because of stylings of music, yeah. uh, which was like the main thing. Does this make sense? Is it not too far across the board where, because sometimes when you do a show, you, you put like four or five different bands that have different crowds and yeah. will they all stay? You know, like, will they stay in the room and enjoy all the music that's on the night? Will um, they like each other and not fight? <laughs> the, yeah, that's the other thing too. Yeah, those days are over. But yeah, but all three bands, all it all it all kind of makes sense when uh, when we when when we thought about it. Um, but uh, I uh, I sent you a message earlier because in my brain I've seen different bands that you've been in over the years, and I have a good handle on uh, the type of music that you've enjoyed. Yeah. Spinning, spinning was one thing. When you spin, when you go on air and you're spinning music for people, that's one thing. But there's also music that you enjoy as a person, which could be many different genres of music. Yeah. But I was kind of like guessing at Spectacular Crash because I didn't have, it's not like I could go to the archives and go, oh, well, this is the band that Gene was in, or I should say Lou was in with uh, the late, great Gordy Lewis. Here's another band that Lou was in for a little while called this band. I didn't have any material or anything like that. So no. I was like, okay, well, I'm kind of like in the, in, out in the, I don't know, what spectacular crash is because i've never seen the band i mean this band formed well after it did it not form after the St. hollywood closed or was it just uh, it formed no it, it formed right towards uh the end of uh the St. hollywood so we we did our show um our very first show i believe was doing an amon's tribute in 2018 then we opened up for shaken street in 2019 at the St. hollywood and then um COVID just basically uh, right. kept us all apart. A and then uh, we just did a an Al Cole tribute in Oshawa. Um, That's the poster year. artist from, from years from ago. From Oshawa, yeah. yeah. And so uh, it, it's, a, it's a, a gig that Rob Sweeney put together. Rob recently retired, and uh, anyone who knows Rob Sweeney will know that he's the biggest music fanatic in the world. And mm -hmm. if he's not playing music or getting involved in music, then he's just not really balanced and he's not happy. So uh, he loves having a guitar in his hand. So a few years ago, he said, uh, I've got a great name for a band, and um, I think we should put something together. And he asked his old friend Brian Young and Mike McKeever, who plays in a band called Teen Archer, which are great. And and for a while he was also, and I still believe he's part of Hot Kid. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Mike McKeever. And so um the four of us uh, did uh, a tribute to the Dictator's uh first album in support of uh an Amon's evening at the St. Hollywood. And then um, it, it started uh, happening where Rob was just kind of throwing these different songs at us to learn. And so it's more so uh, going into the Rob Sweeney uh, jukebox and picking a lot of his favorite songs uh, for us to perform. But he always asks us if there's any songs that we want to do as well. So that's super kind of him. But um, Rob's been introducing some of his own original material. And I think that's the intention once everything kind of settles with our own schedules is just being able to 
be more like a, an original band rather than just picking select uh, covers of different uh, genres. Well, not so much genres, but different uh, styles of bands that uh, we like. I'm the type of guy who's into getting high on a Friday afternoon. So now you know I'm a regular Joe. Well, that was the you know you sent me a list of some of the bands that that, that 
you know, five bands that, that influenced Spectacular Crash. And it was like the Dictators, which you said earlier, Radio Birdman, Only Ones, Eddie and the Hot Rods and the Stooges. So, um, and then I was like, okay, well, if these are the bands that influence this this outfit, um, how does it, uh, in, will it, how will it influence the writing if there's some songs that are done? You just answered that with Rob, about Rob being his music. Yeah. But now that you said, okay, things are settling down now. Um, and, you know, of course, here you are half awake just waking up because you're in the middle of doing some shift work. But at some point, you guys are going to have to go into a studio. Now, does that mean, does does Rob have the means of a studio for you guys? And the second question is, does that also mean that you guys will all bring in some of your own material as well? So I think the bulk of it will probably be Rob's. Uh, he's the one who's been most active uh, with regards to the direction musically. And the other three of us uh, appreciate that only because... Uh, Rob's been kind of like a, a guiding light to the the three of us uh, musically with regards to a lot of uh, influences that he's introduced to us uh, from different bands over the years, especially me when he worked at Star Records. He always pointed me to certain records in that store, like he was the one who introduced me to the replacements early on. He like just endless mm-hmm. fans. Um, the early REM, uh, anything that was just before it was about to break, Rob had his finger on the pulse so um he, he's always been a trustworthy person musically and i think that you know the same still relies in regards to the direction of how the songwriting is going to go we did talk about like what would happen if we were to go in the studio and selfishly i still would like to see this done in hamilton i you know even though i'm not there geographically but my heart is a lot and um, I, I still want Hamilton to be a big part of any sort of a, a process of uh, creativity. Right. So uh, I would like to see uh, any uh, original music recorded in uh, in Hamilton. Uh, not to say that there isn't any uh, available places here in Oshawa that could do a great job, but selfishly, I still feel that this should be something that should uh be done in Hamilton more than any other place. And I, I don't think the other guys will uh, argue that. Um, I, it, it's kind of funny. I, th- I Even though Rob and I are living in Oshawa, uh, I still see Spectacular Crash more <laughs> as a Hamilton band, even though none of us live there. It's weird, but right. it's just, uh, I think the influences as well as the people that influence us too, like it, it, the, I think Rob has always been a major fan of Hamilton's uh, music scene for many, many years when Star Records uh, was uh, in, in in Hamilton. And I had never been to the Star Records in downtown Hamilton, but Rob used to bus up from uh, Oshawa to work at the Star Records here and there. So, I, I you know, his foundation's pretty strong with Hamilton. So, um, yeah, I, I, he's got a a mega amount of respect for the hammer and uh i don't think he would argue with having anything done on a creative basis or even on a technical basis uh, like recording any songs in hamilton more than oshawa toronto well, it's 1969 okay walk across the usa it's another year for me and you Another year with nothing to do It's another year for me and you Another year with nothing to do 
That's a, that's a, to me, that's a nice thing for you to say, it, it, like the tip of the cap to the the whole Hamilton vibe, that sort of thing. I mean, you did spend a lot of time here. And as you said, Rob spent a lot of time here. But also in the back of my, ba- in my brain, I'm like going, yeah, but you know what? Economics. There has to be a nice little studio in Oshawa where you guys can record as well. You know? I yeah. Mean, Oshawa, Oshawa, I mean, we've had this discussion about Oshawa, that there, there is a, a, a music community that, that is happening in in that area, you know, I mean, the Biltmore Theater, uh, there's a couple other very small venues in that. The Atria. I just, yeah, I just got uh, introduced to uh, Matthew Holtby, who's a, a former Schwa guy. He actually lives outside the Schwa. Mm. And, uh, some of his music is fantastic. So I'm getting more and more curious about uh, the the music community and the, what they have out in, uh, in, in Oshawa. So there has to be some studios where people can record out there economically. Yeah. And there are, I think it's uh, not a matter, like, I think if you're going to have to spend some money going into a studio, again, 
Um, I don't know if this is a right decision uh, because it's more so selfish on my end. But if it's going to cost, say, $1,000 to record a couple of songs or whatever, do you want to spend it either in Oshawa or in Hamilton? I think, you know, my heart kind of leans more to Oshawa because I, I, I know that after it would be done, um, if it's not if, if if it wasn't done in Hamilton, I personally wouldn't be so happy about it. So again, I know that's a a real selfish angle on it, but I think it should be done in Hamilton. And I still think that Spectacular Crash has more of a Hamilton sound than say a quote unquote Oshawa sound. Oshawa is like a funny city right now because I've said to a lot of people, it, it reminds me of like Hamilton circa 2008, 2009. The downtown's changing. Um, there seems to be more interesting food places to eat. Uh, younger people are starting to hang out a little more downtown. Uh, it's not just a bedroom community. Um, the college and university here in Oshawa is kind of um, bringing youth or at least young energy into the downtown core. There's a couple of record stores now downtown. There's a couple of cool bookstores that are, you know, in, in the downtown core. Um, so it, it, it's just starting to have its own little um, foundation of uh, of art. They recently just had a street party similar to Supercrawl, but by no means to the same um, grandeur of it uh, called uh, Convergence. And that happened in the third week of September. And I missed it because I was hosting a, a B.A. Johnson show. But they had the Strumbellas and then they had a bunch of artists that were basically uh, showcasing their art. They had some conferences. They had some uh, um, food trucks similar to what, uh, you know, Supercrawl does by exposing interesting food uh, out of a truck. So, like, I mean, it, it's just starting to lose its stigma of being the dirty old schwa, and it's starting to grow up a bit, and it seems to go more into um an artistic angle uh, direction rather than just kind of remaining the way it was before by just being sort of like a little hamilton but more uh of a bedroom community rather than having and there's and there's nothing Hamilton energy you have to start somewhere i mean it was the same thing with hamilton well before like hamilton went through its uh, downturn for the longest time and then just before super crawl we were the radio stations were doing the cnc music festival and it was a you know a CFMU and uh, at the time C101, which is now Indie 101. We were doing those little festivals and showcasing the bars and the talent, that sort of thing. And well before that, there was a music community was uh, the Hamilton Music Awards, which it, well it was called something else before that. Yeah. But I mean, everything has to start from somewhere, and that's what's great about it. if if the Schwa is doing that. Hamilton did that uh, a while ago and it had to start at some time. And I only bring that stuff up. It was because I was a part of that stuff. I'm, I I can't really reference something before myself of uh, what has actually happened to build up a music community, an arts community, that sort of thing. Um, but both, both Hamilton and Oshawa and other cities are going through something that seems to be magnified um, more and more and more. And we've talked about this before over the years, both myself, you, Jamie Tennant, uh, anyone who's ever done anything here in Hamilton, Ontario, uh, Tom Wilson, anybody uh, that has ever done a charity show, there's a reason why we're doing it. But this year, it seems to be a little bit more prevalent for, for us here in Hamilton um, because you can see that people are going without food. Um, 
like it's always been there, but we've always said, Hey, you know what? The food banks are there. Everything's going to be all right. But every time you turn on the TV or you go through your social media or whatever, the internet, you're seeing that the cost of food is constantly going up, constantly up. You're finding out that more and more people who are not being able to, you know, they're, they're choosing, you know, where do I spend my money? Do I spend it on my rent or do I spend it on my food? You know, like they can't make it. And I'll be talking to Felicia from the Hamilton food share on the next show. And already I have like all these questions. How, how, how did this all start for you in regards to like, where are we at now from five years ago to where we are now? Because all I'm hearing and seeing is people are going without food constantly. It's scary. I, um, I read the, like, I follow the news a lot. I, I read, um, you know, a, a lot of the the stuff that's online with regards to how uh, a lot of metropolitan cities have been putting a lot of emphasis towards uh, bringing awareness to the lack of uh, food for families where about a year, a year and a half ago, you know, you had two people that were working in a family that were able to afford food. And now either because of the crisis of the uh, economy or what have you, uh, expenses, everything's going up. It's been a lot harder for people just to uh, feed their family or themselves. And it's kind of scary because if you can't, if you can't have a little bit of food to rely on and you have to worry about like where you get your next meal, that's kind of a, a demise. You know, I, I don't mean to get political at all. I'm not saying it to, to, you know, put any emphasis towards politics, but I'm just saying it's the, the demise of what, you know, we should be able to have without having to have a crisis over uh, it's food, like water, food, you know, these are things that are essential right. and, when these are missing out of families and homes, um, it's a it, it's a problem, you know. And and I think that was one of the things that Gene, when he stated it, like he he had said, like I I feel really strongly about this because uh, I guess uh, a lot of this is going towards the Stony Creek chapter of it, and he's a Stony Creek resident, and that's the one thing that I really felt strongly about. Uh, you know, supporting his, uh, his his endeavor and his mission on this is like he's looking after people in his own hood, and and I think more people should do that. We should look after people in our own uh, neighborhood, and that's what Gene's doing with this uh, the, the the showcase. And um, it, it's it, it's scary. Like you hear about this more and more, and I, I I've been noticing like you know homeless people in Oshawa. Uh, have been increasing like I, I know the, the the state of how Hamilton is right now and um, if we're not going to do anything about it it's obviously that um, governments and all sorts of other agencies aren't doing enough because if they were then we wouldn't have a problem so we have to take a bit of a responsibility on our and and uh, um, you know make something happen to give these people a, a light at the end of the tunnel and a meal at the end of the day. Tell them what they expect from you. Why 
A lot of times the thinking is that these just, that, that this food is just for for people who you know who are, are when you when you make these donations like well it's for people who don't have homes and, and it's for people like like they're very very poor they're not poor this is like this is affecting everybody yeah you know? so it's putting such a strain on the system that there's just not enough there's just not enough for for people to, to eat like they need more food to eat they the, the, everything's just far too expensive right now so that's the importance of doing a show and i think it's very well said on your part as well as that anyone who's listening to this interview whether you're listening to it at whatever radio station we have here in hamilton or you're listening online that sort of thing there are people in your area that do need food and you you have to acknowledge it because it's not just a, a north american thing this is like this is pretty global right now i mean aside from like the very very poor companies or should say countries that always needed food but now like 
we what you and I would consider well an affluent country. How could a, a nation that makes so much money and does so much stuff have people going without food? Boggles mind. So here, here, here's a funny, like we were just talking about food uh, at work. So for a lot of you that don't know this, uh, I picked up this really sweet little gig at GM working overnights, building trucks uh, in the body shop. And it's from ever since I was a kid, uh, my dream job was to work at GM to build trucks because I thought there was nothing cooler in the world than to build trucks, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I work with a bunch of young people and um because of uh our hours from 10 30 at night till 6 30 in the morning um you know i being my age i can't plow down uh, a meal uh you know at 2 30 in the morning when we have our lunch hour because then i'll get into food coma land and i'm out so i try to eat light and i'll just bring some fruit um <clears throat> for my lunch break and one of the guys that i work with had said, uh, that's all you do is you eat fruit. And then he kind of broke down the economics of it. He said, so oranges are like about $2 a pound if you get them on sale. He said, sometimes it takes two oranges to make a pound and a half. And like, it's just funny how he kind of rationalized us all. He said, so if you basically buy, say, 10, uh, 10 oranges, you're paying about 12 bucks for 10 oranges and when you think about it that way that's expensive like i mean yeah. that's how much food has really gone up in price where before you could get oranges you know very affordably and now you know he, he's right like you know even if you want to have an orange you're almost spending like a buck for an orange a yeah. dollar for an orange that's crazy it's just the expenses are high for whatever reason uh food's going up and it's really affecting a lot of people and if uh, music shows can make a difference by having a bunch of people hang out and have fun on a Saturday night and uh, bring some food um, for people who need it uh, or spare some extra money for these food banks that uh, can go out and uh, uh, replenish stock, then that makes a difference, believe it or not. You know, it, it's weird. You really have to break it right down to the bare core, to the root, to understand it clearly. And that's what I think I've been doing just because of Gene's... Uh, show yeah. is it's really Absolutely. kind of putting a, a different perspective when you're involved honestly uh things just mean a lot more and and they mean something different right because you're part of it yeah you, because you, you it's the hands-on approach you you, you see yeah that. exactly i some i like to just show up to the show and just give some food or, or money donation that sort of thing but now that i've been a part of this thing for months and months and i'm like okay i get it and i see it and it's, i feel like i'm actually contributing um, a little bit more and it's, it's a very good uh, vibe for me but uh, with all of our social media and the stuff that we're putting out we also have links where you can make a donation directly and also um, uh, and there's also there's another separate link where you can buy tickets for the show in advance that sort of thing um, so I guess I think we covered off on absolutely everything except for the fact that uh, what time are you on or did the great maestro tell you what time you're on? <laughs> so we're the first of the three and um, we're, you know, we're excited about warming up the evening. Uh, the doors are at eight and keeping in mind, and I think it's safe to say that, you know, we're, we're an older crowd, so it, it won't be a super late night. And uh, I, I think we'll probably hit the stage about quarter to nine, nine o'clock. We've got about a 35 minute set. Um, we know that like having three acts, you can't really just kind of 
go into Grateful Deadland and play for three and a half hours for Rockingham, right? <laughs> so I think we're going to hit the stage around quarter to nine, uh, nine o'clock probably at the latest. And uh, we'll do our 35 minutes and uh, then we'll uh, uh, look forward to hearing Rocket and the Renegades and then Gene. It should, it should be a really good time. Uh, Lou, thanks for uh, taking this time to have this chit-chat with us here on the show. And, uh, and of course, I won't even ask you what's on your radio show following my show on CFMU, because odds are you don't know. So. I, I don't, you don't want... <laughs> okay, I, I know you got to go, but I just want to tell you something. You're, you're a bit of a mind reader. Like, I love... One of the things that I absolutely love about you, and you've always been so consistent on this, is you really have this great ability to read people well. Even um, you, you could be like, I don't know, in a whole different part of the world, separations away, from, but you can still uh, read people well. So last night I was thinking, okay, because I did uh, my show aired yesterday on Mike McKenna uh, from Mainline. And I thought, okay, what should I do? And I'm not too sure. So I think what I'm going to do is probably uh, focus uh, a little bit of attention towards Andy Mackay and Phil Manzanera's new project from mm -hmm. the guys from Roxy Music, as well as play some new music from Baron Whitfield and the Savages' new record. I think I'll probably do that for sure. And other than that, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to orchestrate something. But I love the fact that you can totally... You you know me so well. That's <laughs> well, this is, I already know. Like I already like I don't even know that's why so I asked. Funny, Gunner, you kill me, man. That's yeah. so. Funny. All right, well, Lou, thanks for taking the time to have the oh, chat. Thank you. Of course, you can catch Lou Molinero's radio show on CFMU ninety three point three every Wednesday from three p.m. till uh, five p.m. Uh, we call him the King of Fun. Uh, thanks, buddy, and uh, thank I guess you. I'll see you in person on November eleventh, hopefully. Yeah, for sure you will.
Steel City Music.